This is News Talk Lunchtime with Jonathan Healy broadcasting from Cork. Let's go across to Boston and say good afternoon to our man in the States, Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe. Hi, Kevin. How are you, Jonathan? Um, I want to talk, first of all, about uh, another shooting. We were due to talk about the Washington shipyard shooting, mm-hmm. and then another one came along in a Chicago park last night, injuring a three-year-old child amongst 11 others. What happened in Chicago? Well, I just, you know, another day in the mad, mad road up there. I mean, Chicago per capita has had some of the worst gun violence in the past two years, and uh, this is just more of it. Somebody opened fire in a crowded park, a three-year-old boy. I, I might mention it was after 10 o'clock at night, and so I guess you could raise the question, what is a three-year-old boy doing up in, the, in a park in the middle of the night? But that's another question. Uh, a friend of mine in Chicago just sent me an email, a, kid, a guy that works for the Tribune, the paper there. He said that the three-year-old, the boy's name is Dante Howard, and his uncle was shot to death on Labor Day uh, about three weeks ago. So obviously we're talking about a neighborhood where gun violence is incredibly common, and this is the this is the sort of commonplace stuff. The thing that happened in Washington gets international headlines, and something as dramatic as thirteen people being shot in a park would probably get headlines too internationally. But the reality is what happens in Chicago happens on a smaller scale every single night, Jonathan. There are but too many happened? guns in this country, and mm. there are too many people willing to use them. What happened in Washington? Um again, shocks the world looking on at, at, at how crazy the gun laws are in the States. The guy behind this was a 34-year-old. His name was Aaron Alexis. His mother, Kathleen, has been making a public statement talking about her grief. Let's have a listen. Our son, Aaron Alexis, has murdered 12 people and wounded several others. His actions have had a profound and everlasting effect on the families of the victims. I don't know why he did what he did, and I'll never be able to ask him why. Aaron is now in a place where he can no longer do harm to anyone, and for that, I am glad. To the families of the victims, I am so, so very sorry that this has happened. My heart is broken. Aaron Alexis's mother speaking to the media. Um, for a mother to have to make a statement like that, it, it's numbing to listen to it. What was the reaction in the States to, to that particular um, press conference to the event to the uh, ongoing discussion over whether or not guns should be controlled or regulated in some way. Well, I, I mean, I think most Americans reacted to that woman with this incredible sympathy because, especially people who have experienced mental illness in their family, uh, I think you looked at that woman, you, you heard the defeat in her voice. I'm sure that they had tried over the years to help this guy, but obviously he's an adult and at, at some point he has to take responsibility for his own mental health care but that's the dilemma here but i mean this is the, this is really how crazy this place is jonathan that guy had an easier t- time buying a gun than getting mental health care that's just the reality in the united states of america in 2013 trying to negotiate the mental now we have a mental health care parity act that came in in 2009 it was one of the last signature things done by the great Ted Kennedy and his Republican cohort, Pete Domenici. Um, and yet, in our country, that, that parody is just phony. It's not real. I mean, trying to get, you talk to anybody, trying to get mental health care for, for somebody who is fully insured is virtually impossible. Nobody will take on patients. They've killed the reimbursement every year. I know therapists who are making 50 or 60% less 
on their for their appointments on mental health care than they were making just five years ago. So the reality is insurance companies won't pay for this. It's very difficult to show progress in mental health care. It's, it's an inexact science. It's an art more than a science in many respects. And so a guy like this, I mean, there are so many questions that have to be answered. This guy walked into that base because he had clearance. He had military access because he was a formerly in the Navy, then was a military contractor. But by all accounts, the guy was a raving lunatic. He had been literally raving. He had fired weapons through a floor as far back as 2004. And yet he was able to walk in and legally purchase a weapon. Now, if that's not crazy, I don't know what is. Jonathan, you and I have had this conversation I don't know how many times. And I'm frankly sick of having it because nothing changes in this country. And nothing changes because of the power and the money of the NRA. And the reality is that the Republicans who said they learned their lesson after they had their clocks cleaned by Obama two years ago and said they would change, they haven't changed one iota on this. They do not believe in gun control. They will go back and they will use their vaguely veiled racial references that if only these people would control themselves in Chicago, would have a better country. Mm. This country is still so divided on this, it's sickening. I'm not going to go out on a limb, I think, by saying that there was far more discussion in America about the right to continue to hold guns and to continue to own guns as opposed to the discussion about perhaps restricting guns and making sure that guns don't fall into the wrong hands. It is this, this obsession, this, this fundamental obsession that pro-gun comp- proponents have, that they have the right to bear arms. That is what is completely clouding this debate and means that you can't have a discussion about what life might be like. I heard a guy from the NRA on Breakfast, News Talk Breakfast yesterday, going on as right. if he had more guns, it would keep people from outside his house. What kind of weird fear do th- does the American well, public have about the guy who's going to come burst in through their door that they need an AK-50-47 or whatever this gun is, the 15 that uh, that caused so much trouble in Sandy Hook? I have. have. Sat down it's, it's and highly an entertaining. It? If yeah, you watched I, I, an hour of it, you, you would be afraid to leave your house. I will never forget that on the day that President Obama was elected, the first time that an African-American was elected president, I wrote this in the Irish Times, actually, at the time, Fox News was obsessed with a couple of self-styled Black Panthers who were standing outside a voting booth or voting polling station in, in, in North Philadelphia. And they kept showing pictures of these guys who were saying some nonsense about black power and all this stuff. But this is the image that Fox wanted to show, that, the, that, that a black guy just took over the White House and the black folks are out there coming for your guns and your, your daughters. It's insane, but I'm telling you, there's a subliminal message here that you should be terrified, that you should be horrified, that there are hordes and masses out there that are coming for you. That happened in New Orleans after Katrina. I mean, it's crazy. And the gun culture in this country, it it reminds me very much of the abortion debate. There is no rational debate to be had when the debate is dominated by the fringes. And in this case, it's sad to say that the NRA is no longer the fringe. We try to describe it, we in polite circles, that the NRA is the fringe. It is not. It is the mainstream in America. It controls so much of Congress because there are so many Republican congressmen who could not maintain their grip on power if not for the NRA. The NRA is the puppeteer. They are behind the scenes controlling. And, and let's just extend it to what's going on now with 
the, the, the government is going to shut down in 10 days because Tea Party members have decided they can do this to get rid of Obamacare because oh, they think that's going to ruin the country. Again. You, went, you went through this a couple of years ago as well. It was it's, completely but, pointless. But don't you see this, Jonathan? We, you and I are having the same conversation with, it's like we talk about this as regularly as we do about the All-Ireland Finals because that's how, <laughs> that's how often this comes up. It comes up with the country, the government being shut down. It comes up with gun control after these horrible incidents. And I've got to tell you, to watch these, the parents from Newtown this past week just shake their heads in frustration, as they say, if after Newtown... And we had this conversation, Jonathan. If we were not going to do something after a bunch of babies were murdered, then when are we going to yeah. do it? I would, tell, I would submit we are not going to do it. This country has not fundamentally changed. It is divided down the middle. The Republicans have not learned one lesson from their defeat the last time around. If anything, they are more insular. They do not want minorities in their party. They do not want to change gun laws. They do not want to do anything that would make President Obama look remotely decent. So nothing is going to change here. We could go round and round and round in circles on that. Let's finish on a positive note. Tell us about this guy, Glenn James. Kevin, who is he and what did he do? How great is this? Glenn James is a 50-year-old man who has been homeless on the streets of Boston for the last five years. He clearly has some developmental issues, and he, he stutters. And he, he's, he's, but anyway, last week, Glenn James was walking around looking for food, looking for anything that, could, that would help him survive, as he does every day. He came across a backpack that had been left in a parking lot. And it turned out that in that backpack was about $42,000 of cash and traveler's checks. It actually belonged, it turned out, to a Chinese student who had left it inadvertently. Glenn James took that money and, and the backpack and flagged down the first passing Boston police cruiser, and he gave it to the police officers. Even though he saw the money, he said he could never take it. And so... Eddie Davis, who's the um, police commissioner, just was so moved by it that he issued a special citation for Mr. James. And this, this story kind of went viral in America. And right now there's a guy in Tennessee who uh, read the story, was so moved by it that he created an online, like a Facebook page, donation page. And the last time I checked, it was up around $100,000. And donations are coming in from all over the country. I'm presuming so, hang, from all hang over on. the world. This guy, this guy didn't take the 45 grand, which many people, I suppose, in that circumstance would have at least considered if not done. And now he's got 100 grand because they set up this account for him. Exactly. And when the goal is to get 250, they hope that they can raise 250 and hopefully put him in an apartment. They talked about a house. I don't think he needs a house. I think yeah. an apartment will do the trick. But obviously this guy has other issues, and that's what there are a lot of professional people who are now involved hoping how do they set this guy up that he can be self-sufficient and get the services that he needs and gets off the yeah. street. But it is, it's an incredibly, you know, when, given what you and I spoke about the first five minutes of this conversation, Jonathan, not only that, not only is what Glenn James do, you know, life affirming. The reaction of ordinary people. I still come back to this premise that most Americans are decent people. They just happen to be led by a lot of lunatics. Yeah. Eric, you're not all bad. I think is the way the Irish would describe it. Just to finish up, Dublin or Mayo, Kev? I, you know, I don't know anybody with a heart would have to say you know, they'd love to see Mayo come through after all these years, but. I have to be honest, I, I, I support the Dubs, and I think ah. Gavin is probably the, the best mind out there, and I think the Dubs are going to prevail. Gavin Collard of the Boston Globe, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you again next week.